Hey guys, it's Ed. I'm coming to you live from the Drunk Gossip Studios here in New York City. And, oh, excuse me. Today is an episode about lies. Um, not my lies. This time. Um, no. Um, but almost every single story that we're doing, including the true crime was built upon some sort of fabrication by somebody. And I think it's interesting, um, first of all, I just think it's interesting um, how lies permeate throughout all of our lives. and But especially within the gossip world and how things are... Um, I'm trying to think of the right word here. How things are um, distributed. There's a lot of misinformation that goes out there. That being said, it's all about sussing through and figuring it out. Like the Lady Gaga relationship with um, his last name is Carino. I'm trying Christian Carino. Everyone thought they were a real couple. They were cute. They were X Y Z, and it was just too good to be true. Because allegedly it was. So, basically what happened was, um, up until early 2017, Gaga was with Taylor Kinney. And then they broke up, and Gaga was performing the halftime show at the Super Bowl. And uh, Taylor was showing up, but he was going to be debuting a new Lady Love, which he found out at the last minute. And she didn't want it to seem like she was undesirable or someone could get over her so easily. So she did what any good person would do and found a fake boyfriend. Uh, Christian Carino. Now, here's the thing about what she needed. She needed an attractive boyfriend who was successful in his own right so that it didn't look like he was after her for her money. And someone who would play the game and help her stay successful. And here's the thing. That's exactly what happened. Christian was her manager. So they worked closely together. It wasn't very hard to decipher that. Or it wasn't hard to jump to... Of course they would end up dating because they, they're always together, they're talking. And her success is equivalent to his success. If she starts losing money, he starts losing money, and nobody wants that. So they paired up, and they kept a really low profile, especially for someone like Gaga, who is used to being all over the tabloids. Now... There are a million things that can be said here, but the, there was a game being played in October of um, in October of 2017. People started speculating that um, Gaga and Christian were engaged because she wore a pink diamond ring, but they never confirmed it. Or uh, they did confirm it, but it was later on. Um, when she was accepting an award, um, 
Elle's Lady of the Year or something like that. And she thanked her fiancé, Christian. So, she effectively changed the whole conversation of, oh, they broke up, too. Oh, look at her new love. And now, they've broken up. They stayed together throughout um, the award season. Voting for the Oscars ended today. And I'm willing to bet any money that right after the Oscars or right near the Oscars, Bradley Cooper and his beard are going to break up. And Bradley and Gaga are going to get together because that's what fans want. She has a Las Vegas residency residency to push. She has, an, I believe, he has a new movie coming out that needs to be pushed. And it will once again change the narrative of them breaking up to, oh, we work together, you know, and they never need to be seen together because they're both super busy superstars. So it won't be a shock when they're not together 24-7. And that's exactly what they're hoping for. They don't want people to say, hmm, why aren't they together? Why aren't they? Because that's that's how this PR relationship game is played. You do it until it's not beneficial anymore. Cooper and his girl have done it a little bit too long now. And they it's apparent that they don't even like one another. Gaga and Christian knew the right time. They're going to end. Everyone says it's an amicable amicable split. So there's no reason to think that there's going to be anything weird or wrong in their business relationship. They'll simply go back to being professionals together. And I'm going to go and I will be right back. And I'm back. So... Here's <clears throat> here's a story that's kind of breaking our theme, um, because he was un unlike anyone else. Carl um, Lagerfeld has passed away. Obviously, I didn't know him personally. He was, but he was a fashion icon. Um, and since '87, he'd been working with Chanel, steering the brand back towards the greatness that it had had been once in. Um, is once again, he, he leaves behind a legacy that just will never be forgotten. He worked on his own designs, on his own label, the Carl Lagerfeld Feld, um, collection. But his heart and soul was into making couture designs for um, Fendi. 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 I, I can't speak today, apparently. Um, it's like my mouth is going on autocorrect. Um, don't pretend like you haven't seen that before. Um, and of, in the aforementioned Chanel. When he took over, Chanel was in big trouble financially, and um, just overall, like creatively, he resuscitated that brand. Um, by doing a bunch of um, advertising that reinforced the brand and making designs that really whooped it up. Um, 
one of the only times, and I, I mean, it wasn't even like I talked to him, but the closest I ever came was when Chanel was being sold at Target for, like, two seconds. Um, they were, Target was experimenting with bringing big-name designers, and so they were, what they were doing is getting, asking these designers, instead of sending their stuff over to um, their outlet shops, if, if Target could buy them and sell them. And, and a lot of designers agreed. Um, and we were told straight up front, we were not allowed to talk to the press about this. We were not. Like, there was a gag order and a half. We would have been sued into oblivion had we spoken about um, any of this at the time. If the press called, we were to um, reroute them to either the HR department or to um, the press department at headquarters. So what does this all have to do? So there was a woman who came in and loved one of the bags and was telling me the story about she came in New York Fashion Week um, specifically to see Carl. And... You know, she went up and greeted him, and he didn't. He was just not having it. He asked her to leave him alone. He was busy at work. Yada yada yada. And you know, I was younger at the time, clearly. <laughs> but I was like, oh my god, that's so rude. And I got deeply, deeply offended for her. And then when when the story popped across my phone today, that he had passed. I started thinking about it. I'm like, you know, I am a lot like him. When I'm working, my mind is there. And it's not like... I mean, first of all, any celebrity you don't want to just run up to and and ask for their time because they're still people. And I think that gets forgotten a lot. Um, But I think more importantly, not just that they're people, but I think what we forget most of the time here is... There is, um, there's such a thing as working and, and having responsibility. We think when we see celebrities that they owe us, but that's not true. And Carl was very much about that life. He was like, "Mm, no, I'm not yours. I'm a private person who just happens to live in the public eye. Um, and there, there are some really great articles out there. I believe, um, it was in the... It was either in the New York Post or the New York Daily News. Um, but Google Carl um, Lagerfield uh, uh, portrait, of, portrait of Contradiction. Some, it's, the title is something like that. And they really go into like how he wanted to be creative yet business. Um, he wanted to be public but private. And I think that ju- they did a really, really good job in that obituary about it just explaining who he was and why he was that way. So, well, he kind of screwed up my whole lying theme for, for this episode. I am so grateful that he was around to show that sometimes you can shoot straight from the hip as long as you stand by your statements and you don't back down from them. I'm going to go and I'll be right back. And I'm back. So, uh, going along with the lying theme of this episode, 
I wanted to talk about Crazy Days and Nights. Well, not technically a gossip story. It is a gossip site. And one of the ones I go to regularly. And there was a time where um, I wrote an article for Generation Gossip called Did See Dan Lie? And at the time, it did seem like it, it did seem like they did. Um, at the time, there was a huge um, growing scandal based around um, one of the commenters called him. And you probably recognize that name from the Political Blind episode I did um, a couple weeks back. So what happened was somebody tried to out him as Robert Downey Jr. And it really seemed as if um, it was coming from anti lawyer himself. And so there was a there's a huge public outcry. Um, traffic probably spiked for them. I, I obviously I'm not a um, I'm not a writer for them. I don't have access to their dashboard, but I would guess that there was a huge spike for a little while, and then it all crashed down. And a lot of people, me included, stopped going to the site. Because why would we want to go to a site that was lying to us? Um, Blind after blind just seemed to be proved false. And then, slowly but surely, I started going back there. With a marked note that it was, what I was reading was probably not going to be true. But then I started noticing NT Lawyer was really out of the curve. He would post a blind weeks before the actual news story hit with details that only an insider would truly know. Um, I'm trying to think of the... Um, there was... There were quite a few blinds, actually, even recently, where... Um, like the Jesse Smollett story, where... He, from the get-go and he said he doesn't want to speak to the police he doesn't want to answer what really happened with that attack and I honestly thought it was a homophobic I really thought it was a homophobic um, piece to appease his newfound conservative fan base but as that story developed Again, he was proven to be correct. Um, with almost every blind, even if it's not a major headline, every blind that he's put out has ended up hitting. Um, he predicted the Gaga Carino breakup before anyone else did. Um, the the Rami Malik story. Where Rami is um, using all of his friends to try and secure a Best Actor win, a Best Actor Oscar win. Um, Again, that's just, it's one of those things where he's right on top of it. The Brian Singer story, 
Auntie has been working on, I think I mentioned this when we, when we did the Brian Singer episode, um, Auntie Lawyer has been on top of that before anyone else even gave a damn, before the lawsuits came, before the press paid any attention, Auntie was on top of it. The Harvey Weinstein story, the same thing. He was right there at the forefront of that movement. With the Woody Allen thing, um, Inti has has really said that it seems as though Dylan Farrow is being honest and that Diane Keaton may have walked in and seen this. That hasn't been proven factual yet. But give it time. You know, some of these stories don't just drop overnight. They don't just happen because a gossip blog says, hey, boom, here here it is. So what happens now? I apologize. I was wrong. Um, you know, I worked with the information I had available. But it, it is very clear that Crazy Days and Nights is very credible. And they are really on top of... Whether it's one entity, or there's some commenters who believe that there's a whole army of interns um, that that are working on these stories. Whatever the case is, they're doing a good job. They're on top of their game, and they're telling the truth. So I apologize for being so judgmental and and just really being wrong. I'm going to go and I'll be right back. And I am back. So, as I have told you um, yesterday, this is True Crime Week here on Drunk Gossip. And we're having a lot of fun with it. Um, Yesterday we talked about Anna Delvery. Or... Depending on when you're listening, the last segment. Um, in any case, um, I joke, I joke. In, in any case, uh, you know, one of the things I, I love about true crime is that it happens everywhere. And some of these stories are really twisted and fun. Like our next case, which has been on my radar for a while. I've never written about it. I'm I'm definitely contemplating it, um, whether it's an article or it's uh, a book. I think it would be an, an interesting research project. I am talking about the Fatty Arbuckle case. So, if you don't know who Fatty Arbuckle was, um... In the nineteen twenty, in the very, very, very early nineteen twenties, he was the most famous movie star in the world. Not just in the United States, but in the entire world, he was the most famous. Um, in nineteen twenty one, he was the highest paid actor. He was making one million dollar. Um, I believe it was per picture. Or maybe it was per, um, it wasn't per week. Maybe it was one million dollars per year. Anyways, back then that was a lot of money, and he had, he wielded a lot of power. And 
he enjoys his life, which you should. Um, but along with that came... Uh, I'm trying to think of how the best way to say this. Along with... Along with... With that power and the fame and the money... Came a lot of... Um, people disliking him. So... I mean, obviously a lot of people liked him. They, you know, he was one of the richest men in the world. But there were a lot of people who didn't like him. Um, one such person, her name was Maud. Um, Maud Delmont. Um, but we're going to get to Maud in a minute. So, there was a party on September 5th, 1921, um, hosted by Fatty Arbuckle. And it was at the St. Joseph. I'm, uh, I'm just double-checking here to make sure I have the right hotel name. Uh, St. Francis Hotel in San Francisco. Um... There were a lot of people in attendance, Maud Delmont, um, and the eventual victim, Virginia Rapp. So, basically, this was during Prohibition, so you weren't supposed to have alcohol, but there was a lot of alcohol flowing. Virginia got a little bit, served a little bit too much, and allegedly she started taking off her clothes. Now, this was not an uncommon practice for her. Um, Some people said that she would get drunk and take off her clothes because she had um, a liver, like a problem with her liver, and taking off her clothes helped it for some reason. I don't know. (laughs) Anyways, uh, but so so she would take off her clothes. Other people said that she was an amateur call girl. Which I don't know how you're amateur, because if you're sleeping with men for money... I mean, if, if if you're making money doing anything, you're no longer an amateur, you're a professional. So don't know what they mean by that. I think they're just trying to be insulting, to be honest. Uh, but in any case... Um, at some point, Fatty Arbuckle and Virginia disappeared together into his room. And Maud decided that she was going to find out what was going on after about a half hour of them being gone. So she went in the room and knocked on the door. Fatty Arbuckle answered with a gimpish smile on his face. And a bathroom very loosely tied around him. Allegedly, Virginia Rapp said Arbuckle did it. As she writhed in pain on the on the bed. Now, what we would find out later is Maud Delmont was known for setting up these really scandalous situations and then blackmailing celebrities to get them to do whatever she wanted them to do. And so there are some people who believe that that's what happened in this case. Um, 
Virginia, for her part, um, kept rising in pain, and the ambulance was called. She was taken into the hospital, where she stayed for three days before eventually dying. It was a huge scandal. Fatty Arbuckle was immediately um, arrested for rape and eventually murder. And he stood trial for this three times. The first two times resulted in a hung jury. The third time resulted in an acquittal where the jury actually read an apology to him that said, we hope the American people can um, realize that we found him innocent and he is able to have a life and career again. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Fatty Arbuckle never worked again after that. Uh, at least not on screen. He would try to um, direct, but he never quite found his footing. And just a couple of years later, at the age of 44, he died of a heart attack. To this day, it's it's debated whether or not he he had anything to do with her death. Um, or if he was just a victim of being in the wrong place at the wrong time. And we're in, in the a lot of people are trying to figure out what role Maud Delmont played in this and why she was so eager to assign blame to Fatty Arbuckle. Sadly, I mean, this is just one of those things that we're never, we're never going to have the answer to. But it is a fascinating crime. It's a fascinating case study. Um, eventually, I will write about it. Eventually, I will um, probably do a vlog on it because I'm going to forget that I ever recorded this segment. <laughs> no, but, you know, there, there are always more details and more twists and theories to the case. So, eventually, it will end up on the vlog. Um... I think Will and I have a pretty a pretty decent start here. Um, we have the Phil Hartman case. We have Anna Delvey, which we're going to dive into. And a couple other cases, possibly even the Jesse Smollett case, if, if that investigation ever ends. <laughs> and speaking of ending, I'm going to go and I will be right back. And I'm back. So, let's talk some Jesse Smollett. Um, as I mentioned in the Crazy Days and Nights uh, segment, I, I I was wrong about this one. Um, my initial reaction whenever someone is victimized, beat, or whatever, is to take their side. Um, and such was the case with Jesse Smollett. Um, from the get-go, there were people who kept saying, oh no, this isn't true, this isn't true, what, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, why would he fake an attack on himself? It doesn't make any sense. Like, why? I, and I still don't understand. I, it still doesn't make sense to me. Why someone would do this. Not not just someone. A gay black man. I don't understand why, especially him. I mean, anyone, it, it's horrible to do. But given the outrage over Kevin Hart... And why so many people were upset with Kevin Hart. All you, all Jesse Smollett allegedly did here by faking his own attack is 
give those people more ammunition to say you the gays, the blacks, the whomever just want attention. They just want to make us seem like bad people. Nothing could be further from the truth. Nobody wants to believe that there are bad people out there. We all know that there are. Um, all of us are smart enough to realize that there are bad people. But none of us want to believe it. And you know, with, with the whole Jesse thing, um, allegedly um, they're taking it to the grand jury. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember last night if we talked about, I think we did, where Blind Gossip said that they're just trying to pick a narrative right now. Um, to figure out how to make him sympathetic and not face felony charges. That is the goal right now, is for him not to face felony charges. But there's more to this, because just because he doesn't face felony charges doesn't mean he's going to keep his job at, on Empire. Um, in fact, right now, he's being written, um, written out and worked around. Um... Uh, as recently as yesterday, he had nine scenes um, for the episode that they're filming right now, uh, including a musical number. The musical number was cut, and those scene, those nine scenes have been cut to four, and the of the remaining scenes that he's supposed to be in, um, he's not even the lead actor in them. He's... Um, being supported by a bunch of other people. Um, Empire Raiders are working on just writing him out. This The episode they're filming is the second to last of the season. Um, and it's widely expected that he's going to be completely cut from the season finale. Whether or not his contract option is picked up, I think will depend on if the cops prove that he set up this whole hoax. And... If he didn't, I can see them... I, I can definitely see them um, keeping him on. If he did, he will definitely be fired. It's kind of hard to film a TV show when you're behind bars. But something started nagging at me, and I was like... I don't understand why someone like Jesse Smollett, who has worked so hard to fight for equal rights and... And all that. Why would he suddenly start faking things? The FBI is also looking into whether or not he faked the hate mail that he received. And so I, you know, I, I started thinking, why would why would he do that? Why would he fake? And then it dawned on me. If, if this is true, and he did set this up. Maybe he wanted to get out of his contract with Empire. It's easy enough to get away from from charges. Um, you can cut a deal with the prosecutors. You can um, you can you can make a deal with prosecutors. You can go to trial and get acquitted. That's not generally an option that most people want. But it, it's one of the options that are that is available to them. 
But if you wanted to get it off of Empire, this is the perfect way to do it. Lay low for a year or so, and then start building his comeback. He is always going to have fans. And people are willing to forgive if they have a reason to forget. And that explains the wording of the blind gossip blind yesterday, where they said, hey, look... He's trying to find a way to not face felony charges. Not a way for him to not face felony charges and keep his job. And I thought that was very interesting. Um, And there's one other thing that I think needs to be addressed here. And that's he may not have perpetrated the hoax himself. Empire is a big show. These, the, the attackers the people who were paid to attack Jesse were paid. How do we know that there's not someone else out there who either wanted Jesse off or thought he was lending a hand? And um, the main suspect, and this is a really out there theory that has no basis in evidence or reality as far as I can tell. But it is a a kind of a weird theory and it would kind of honestly it would be one of those twists that you would expect from Empire. What if Lee Daniels is the one behind it? Drum up publicity for for the show, which has been declining in the ratings. Um at this point um I believe the masked singer is replacing it as Fox's highest rated show. Um, and so what if Lee Daniel said, hmm, we have to do something to get the ratings up. We have to start getting talked about again so that we stay relevant. Fox is starting to um, chop shows now in their... And, you know... Has since Disney has bought uh, most of their assets, they're going to more of a um, a live sports programming like they used to have. So gone are going to be the gone are the days of the scripted where Fox just you know goes to their in house production company and says, "All right, what do you got for us?" So now whatever space is available. There's going to be a fight for for that. Shows like Last Man Standing, which, um, uh, honestly, they're, that's going to be another studio's show. Um, but it's still highly rated, probably bringing in decent money. They're probably going to keep that around. When it comes to... Um, when it comes to Empire, that's also going to be another studio show. It's an aging drama where the network is going to have to start paying through the nose to keep it on the air. Declining ratings will do this. Um, well, declining ratings will be one of those show um, factors where Fox is like, you want us to spend how much on this? No. Mm-mm. We're going to go ahead and cut this show. It is widely expected that Empire returns for at least a final season. But 
you know, if, if the ratings get back up to the range where they were at, during the heyday, then there's no reason uh, for them to worry about the show being canceled. Again, the Lee Daniels series is out there. Um, I've not seen any evidence that would do that, but it's also very weird to me that Jesse would um, perpetrate this hoax too. So um, it's one of those things where I think maybe my brain is trying to rationalize why he would do this. And frankly, there's no rationalization for it. That's going to do it for me for tonight. Thank you guys so much for listening, as always. I hope that you enjoyed this episode of Drunk Gossip, where we talk about people who lie and Carl Lagerfeld. (laughs) We're going to do more true crime tomorrow. Stay tuned for that. Have a great night, guys. I'm lifting my martini glass and saying cheers.